Hello and welcome to the Sounds of Salisbury podcast. I'm Alex. I'm Ellen. And we're here to bring you the sounds of the Salisbury music scene. And the voices of the community. So what can we expect from today's podcast, Alex? Well, as it's the week of Valentine's, as we found out yesterday at the Duck in Laverstock quiz night... Yes, I think someone was definitely itching for a Valentine's present with the amount of times they, they mentioned it. they were, just mentioned it far too many times. Um, yeah, so the podcast this week is going to be centred around, around love. And so we've cobbled together a wonderful married couple who have two different things that we're going to be talking about today. And uh, it'll sound a little something like this. As a family... We are all quite, I don't know, I feel like we, we love to give back. You know, it is Valentine's and it's all about the love. Love is enough. So people that know us know we're not very gushy, overly romantic, big grand gestures of uh, romance towards each other. Yep. But it is Valentine's. It is. And it is a leap year. It is. And if we weren't already married, it means I could actually propose to you this year. Well, in like the, the old dated, you know, cumbersome way that is just like old school. But I mean, nowadays you'd be able to do that. You could do it tomorrow if you wanted to. Well, I could, but we're already married. We are. Yeah. And it's completely outdated, 100% outdated. So I looked at Leap Year and kind of went off on my own little tangent as I was sat there Googling. And kind of question why do we have a leap year every four years okay and it is become takes 365 days five hours 48 minutes and 56 seconds to complete one orbit around the sun that's pretty precise it's very precise yeah if we didn't have a leap year in 700 years time summer would be in december so it's very important i know it's very important just as warm just as warm, yeah. But the trouble is, it's not exact. So if you, every four years you have one leap day, that's 24 hours. So every four years we're actually gaining 44 minutes. So if you do the math, which I'm not going to bore everyone with math, it means we have to miss a leap year every now and then. There is a science and a mathematical thing about it. Every now it. and then? Well, the next, next time we have to skip a leap year is actually the year 2100. Okay, well, you'll be able to listen to it on the podcast at that stage, then, surely. We'll still be here. <laughs> will we? <laughs> we'll, we'll be banging on about when it's another leap year or not, or not a leap year. You do realise how old we'll be in 2100? I don't care. Yeah. Going to live forever. Okay, okay. But then I thought, you know what, this is a Salisbury podcast, so it I is. have to bring it back, I have to keep it real, and Stonehenge is a calendar. Some would say, some might say. And the summer solstice is on the same day every year, 21st of June. That doesn't change. It the is. winter solstice does change. It does. It you does. know this better than anybody, Ellen. <laughs> I do, and so do you. <laughs> so do you. Oh, do you know what? <laughs> I wasn't going to, but here we go. You're calling me out. I'm calling you out. So, yeah, summer solstice, 21st of June, did you say? Summer solstice, 21st of June. And yep. we're, we're very lucky that we... We don't live too far away from Stonehenge, so you know, it's about a 45-minute walk. If that tops, stroll up there for the solstice. Wonderful. The winter solstice, yeah. So, and I had this wonderful idea one year to wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning 
and we'd go to the winter solstice. Bearing in mind the winter solstice doesn't start, the sun doesn't rise till about 8, 9 o'clock in yeah. the morning, so we got out way too early anyway. So um, while everybody else in the house was getting themselves ready, I was still sat in bed because I kind of thought, all I've got to do is put a pair of jeans on and a jumper and a coat, job done, it's all good. Um, just thought I'd have a little Google, you know, went onto Twitter or X as it is now and uh, Googled for the winter solstice just to try and establish kind of, you know, what's going on up there and only to find out that the winter solstice was the following day. <laughs> so I've been working up at three o'clock in the morning for nothing. That's fine. You got a McDonald's breakfast and we went to the beach. We did. It was all a good idea. We went to the beach to watch it. the sunrise and it was cloudy. <laughs> So, yeah, so anyway, we're, I've, bought, I've managed to bring that from Valentine's, from not being romantic, to Leap Years, back to Stonehenge. Yeah. Good tangent. I know. And a little romantic story where we went for a beach walk <laughs> in the winter. With and the finished, daughter and her friend. Yeah, <laughs> and finished it with a Mackey's breakfast. <laughs> uh, it's the, that's the modern day romance, ladies and gentlemen. Right there. Well, I think that's enough of that. Should we get our first guest on, Alex? Let's do that. So in the spirit of love and romance and valentines and weddings, Ellen caught up with Nicole from Primrose Marquees and Events. Where did the name Primrose Marquees and Events come from? Great question, because it took a lot of thinking to come to that um so basically the marquee that we have is called a petal pole marquee so i wanted it to be quite a pretty name um because obviously it's quite floral and then we had all these different ideas and i just couldn't think of something that meant something to us because i didn't want it to become i don't know five years down the line and we were like oh i don't really like that name anymore so we well i kind of remembered that my nan's name was called primrose yeah. and that's a flower so it kind of just fit really nicely so it meant something it's something that's always going to mean a lot to us yeah. um so yeah that's where the name come from oh, i love that i did notice in some of your marketing materials there's almost like a watermark of a primrose in the background yeah, and I think definitely. That's really clever for like branding moving forward. It's really discreet but really classy. Oh, I like that you think we're classy. I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, why did you want to do this venture? What inspired you to want to do marquees and events? Oh, so I love event planning. I've always loved doing it and I think it was just after COVID, Cameron's sister, it was her idea entirely. She thought, I think you should do this marquee company. One of my friends does it. And I think you guys would be amazing at it. Nicole doing the planning side and then Cameron doing, you know, the manual labor side. Yeah. Um, and then I wanted my dad on board as well. So I got him involved in it. Um so yeah it was all her idea really and then the more we spoke about it I actually got really excited and thought yeah I could make something of this and 
And that's how it came about, really random. Yeah, I mean, your wedding, you had it in a barn, and I think I've seen some of your photographs from the marquee setup and photographs from your wedding, and I see a lot of correlation between the two. I think it's inspired you, and I'm assuming you organised your own wedding yourself. Absolutely. I am a little bit of a control freak. So, yes, every little detail I did. Uh, I, I love planning things. I'm quite an organised person. And, yeah, I, I absolutely loved... I would have my wedding every day if I could because Amazing. I just loved yeah. every second of it. Yeah. Well, your attention to detail really shows through with all of oh. the decorations on the tables and the way you've taken your pictures. I look at it and I want to get married again. Because <laughs> I want your marquee. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're more than welcome to have it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, how long does it take to set up the marquee? So, depending how many people we have. So, we could probably get it done in a day if we had six people. Um, we tend to set up, so for example, if an event's on a Saturday, we tend to set up on maybe a Thursday just so then we have that extra day just in case there's anything like if it's quite far away and we forget an essential tool we can come back the next day because it would be a bit of a rush otherwise I think yeah so yeah but day maybe two maybe two days you do supply quite a bit of the equipment it looks like in your photos obviously your website is still in production because you are a very new venture and I'm assuming on your menu drop down at some point there's going to be equipment that you can hire from you with the marquee but if they had specific ideas, that also then gives them a day, I'm assuming, to add their own touches to it, or would you want to source them for them? Either way, so absolutely, we we would like to be like a one-stop shop so that people don't have to, you know, these events are always quite stressful for people, and if we can help aid in that stress and help at all, then that's kind of the idea. But at the same time, I know what I'm like, so we, they could have the absolute bare minimum and then obviously source it themselves. Um, but we, I have a client that we're working with at the moment and she's asked for things like a disco ball and things like that and she wants me to source it for her to take that element of her having to look for things. So, again, we're more than happy to do that as well because of we want you to have faith in us and trust us that we can help make this event amazing. Yeah. Have you thought about linking with, um, like, Share Salisbury where they hire equipment and ask them if they have things like disco balls or your that's, your quirky requirements that people want that's such an amazing idea I've not thought of that so that is an ace idea I definitely will be getting in touch with them yeah cool um so you've got some weddings booked up for, yes is it this year or next year both, yeah. But wow. considering we're not really advertising it because, as you said, our website's not quite ready. Um, yeah, I think we've got four weddings this year and three next year already booked. So, yeah, really exciting. Are they all local? Are they all Salisbury area? No, they're a little bit all over the place. I think we've got a couple in Bath. We've got one in Bristol, um, one in Devizes. So, yeah, it's kind of all over the place. So it'll be all Wiltshire and... We don't mind travelling towards Bristol Way as well, so, yeah. Cool. So, location-wise, you're happy to travel. Do you have... If someone came to you and said, I, I, I want to hire your marquee and I want to have my wedding, I'm local to Salisbury, Wiltshire area, but I haven't got a location, 
do you are you in touch with people that are willing to hire out the fields as well yes so um I'm, i think you guys go that have been there before so it's called dream makers um luke i think his name is that owns it so we are currently working with him so in march we're going up to set the marquee up just to have a kind of test run um and we will be doing a partnership with him so that if people want a location as well we will be able to have it there which is i think a really cool thing that not many other marquees companies can actually provide so yeah we'll have a location location. oh it's absolutely stunning so i'm really excited to get up there we're going to do some drone footage and really really cool amazing and if they had it there they could have their guests to camp as well exactly yeah so not only do they get the marquee they can do some i think it's glamping pods they have don't they so yeah they can have a bit of everything and have a festival as well (laughs) (laughs) yeah So obviously this podcast is themed around love and I think we've touched on weddings um, but your marquee is also available for other events as well. Absolutely, yeah. So we have a a few different sizes, um, styles. So things like baby showers. So we have a small marquee that's just six by six metres and you can hire that to have a baby shower in your back garden for example so we literally cater for whatever your needs are really Um, as I said weddings are probably our biggest one um, but I think events as well like corporate events we're we're happy to cater for anything amazing and one last question I noticed you've got um an annual charity giveaway for your marquees. What inspired you to give to charity or give to... I don't know how it works. How does it work? <laughs> it's like a competition. <laughs> it's, quite, it's like... Yeah, so basically the aim is... So it'll be all on our website, how you do it. Um, I want people to basically submit in... Uh, not, an, not an essay or anything, just why they need the marquee. So... I would like it to be more towards charity and community. But then if we do have a couple that really need something and they give a really good case, then we're more than happy to review that as well. Um, but yeah, the charity side, I, I really, I'm really excited to start this venture and obviously I'd love to make millions. But for me as well, I feel like as a family, we are all quite, I don't know, I feel like we, we love to give back. And to be able to do that, I think, is so amazing. So because we now have this amazing opportunity, I think I'm more than happy to give up my time once a year for an amazing cause. And all the guys completely agreed with me. And, yeah, so it's like I'll give them back a year kind of thing. Oh, amazing. I love that. When you say all the guys, how big is your team of people? So I say guys. So it's Cameron, who is my husband, and then my dad, which is Larry. Um, we do also have other members of the family. Like, so my sister, um, Sean, she'll be helping with the bar and stuff. Um, so there's other people involved, but the main people that own it is me, Cameron and Larry. So yeah, so... I love that. It's a real family-run business, real family venture. Yeah, really exciting to be able to work with them. That's amazing. Thank you so much for your time, Nicole. No, thank you so much for having me. It's been really cool. Well, if that hasn't inspired anyone to want to get married this year, I know I want to get married again, Alex. (laughs) But that wasn't the end of the interview, was it? No, it wasn't. I thought I would throw one last question in. 
And I'd like to know from Nicole, what's the most romantic thing her husband has done for her? And this was her response. Um, I'd say when he proposed to me, it was absolutely beautiful. Um, we, he took me away to, I think it was Cornwall or Devon, and it was, I was cooking and it was taking ages. I thought he was on the toilet. It was taking a long time. So there was a spiral staircase. I walked over and there was rose petals all down it. I walked downstairs. There was photos everywhere of me and him. Our song was playing and yeah, he was on one knee and he proposed to me. It was super romantic. A little bit cringe, some would say, but... <laughs> decided as it's Valentine's we would gauge the romantic intentions of the people of Salisbury. So we threw out a few things on socials, a couple of questions. How did we get on Alex? We did, yeah. So the first one um, was what is um, the greatest love song of all time? And we had some... That is a big question. It is a big question. We had some, some predictable answers. We had some left field answers. <laughs> we had which, some which should never have been suggested. Some very, very strange ones. Um, and then we had, yeah, some of the the, the the ones that I was very much expecting but, but applaud nonetheless. So, you know, Whitney Houston slash Dolly Parton, I Will yeah. Always Love You. Um, the First Time by Ewan McColl, this is a great call. Um, and my personal favourite, not my personal favourite as my favourite love song of all time, but my personal favourite from the actual ones, the responses. Um, Don't Want to Miss a Thing by Aerosmith. Because I love Aerosmith. And, you know, you got to love Bruce, Bruce Willis as well. He's a bit of a ledge. So, yeah. Well, he's in the best Christmas film ever, isn't he? He is. That's, that's another subject for another podcast. <laughs> we will unpack that one sometime. Um, and yeah, so then while we were on a roll, we went for uh, the most romantic movie of all time. One of those answers was my favourite, and I know you're going to get to it. Oh, we're definitely going to get to it. Definitely going to get to it. So we had um, True Romance. Now, it's a brilliant Tarantino film. Is it a romance film? I mean, it's got romance in the title, but, you know. And we had things like Alien and Terminator. And as much as I don't necessarily categorise them as romantic films, there is certainly a love story running through them, whether it's the maternal love. What, in Alien? Alien, yes. There's so a love story in Alien? Uh, yeah, well, it's the maternal love of the lead character, Ellen Ripley, Ellen Ripley. to um, Newt, who is the young child in the movie. Okay. And she's doing everything to save her. Plus the maternal uh, aspect of the mother alien to her little aliens. So, yeah. Okay, moving swiftly on. Moving swiftly <laughs> on before I get more into that. Um, we also had uh, The Holiday. That was quite a That was the most popular one. answer. It was. There's a triumvirate of love stories going on there. Yeah, my favourite is definitely Kate Winslet's character with the old man. That's the bit that gets me in the feels when he when he goes up on that stage. Gets you in the feels, I love that, that's funny. Um, we also had Dracula, 
which I thought was brilliant. Oh, very old school, but a cracking, cracking film there. Uh, Notting Hill was the first answer that we had. You know, anything with Julia Roberts in it is okay with me. Yeah. Hugh Grant, yeah, you know. Um, but our personal favourite. <laughs> yes. And one that I definitely had to think about. The following up, follow up, sorry, explanation made you understand. Yeah, fully. true. Um, was it Shrek? So I'll just leave you hanging for a second. <laughs> Shrek, ladies and gentlemen, is a love story. And um, I just think to myself, well, okay, you know, you've got like Donkey and the Dragon. They kind of fall in love. But Shrek and Fiona are also obviously fall in love. It's, it's the most romantic love story because it's about loving yourself. And I think first and foremost in life, loving yourself is hugely important. So she became the best version of herself by loving herself. So should we keep this love fest moving? Let's do it. Let's listen to the next guest. So you caught up with Cameron from Lovers Enough, an amazing band, but I will let you and him do the talking. So here he is. So Lovers Enough first hit the scene uh, in April 22, um, when you released your debut single, Burn. What do you think has changed between then and now? Well, firstly, you know the dates better than me, because um, I didn't know when we started as a band. <laughs> so well done. That was really good. <laughs> um, what's changed as a band? I don't know. Um, we, we've progressed so much as musicians. We've learned so so much um mostly with our live show i think our li where we've progressed the most is within our live show when we first started i remember our first gig we've we've got all this new technology we don't have amps we've got in-ear monitors we're trying out all this new stuff we've got backing tracks and the first gig we did it was just horrendous everything went wrong um just yeah it was just one of those learning curves in every gig we did thereafter it was just right what are we going to learn from this what we're going to take from this and it's just got better and better and better and now we're at a stage where we're so comfortable with our setup it's just we can relax and enjoy the show basically um so i think we've really like improved in our live show um and i think come and watch us and you'll you'll find out <laughs> so whether you're in like a pub show or a a bigger venue or even at festivals, um, your live performances uh, have a real sort of big stage feel to them. What's inspired that? It was kind of to do with our music. It's, I mean, it sounds silly, but the music has pushed us to create a stadium show, basically, um, albeit when we have um, elite sound and lighting with us, we then create the light show with it. But obviously we can't take that everywhere with us. So we have to focus on the sound itself. Um, and I just think a lot of our songs just focus on that stadium sound. Um, and it just fills the room, you know. We really want to fill the room. We really want to just have people in awe of what our music is about um, and what we believe in, basically. Um, so, yeah, I think it's really, instead of that... Like you said, there's nothing wrong with the pub gigs and stuff. They're brilliant. They're you know they're great and they're a learning curve. But it's pushing your boundaries to play bigger venues and know that you could go into a 
big, big venue, like an arena or, a, you know, a bigger, sh- like, even like, you know, like the joiners in Southampton or something like that, you can walk into that venue and know, okay, we're going to sound great in this venue. And we have no worries about that, which is lovely. You know, what a great feeling to have. What do you enjoy about the writing process? Everything. <laughs> I mean, that's where I thrive because we have our points. So there's, there's three of us in the band and we have our focus points. So Benji is amazing at the online presence. He focuses on all of that and his guitar playing, obviously, and Ford with his drumming and Ford does all the graphic work and stuff. Um, and I'm a bit of a technophobe. I, I cannot do computer work. I cannot do online stuff. So I focus on the songwriting and that's what I've always done. And for me sitting down and trying to work out from start to finish a song not just like you know just the guitar parts but everything piano vocals melodies um backing bits like arcade and stuff i mean for me i just love it i love spending the time on doing that um my hardest the point of songwriting that i struggle with the most is actually on my lyrics um they don't come naturally to me um but I love working on them and I love trying to figure something out and creating a story from nothing, basically. So I'm just going to read you a, um, a quote from an interview that Ben did with uh, Review Zoo. Um, and he says this, his lyrics mean something so different to him than my own interpretation. Something Cam does so well with his lyrics so that Every song he writes, you can make your own. How, how, you know, what's your response to that? How do you, how do you feel? No, I agree. And, and I do love that side of it because when someone comes to me and say, what does a song, what does this song mean to you, which you've written? Um, and sometimes I actually struggle to say, oh, this song is about this. This is, you know, it's, it's definitely about this, has to be about this. I prefer people not to ask me what it's about and for them to just go, this song... I felt meant this to me um and Ben does that you know brilliantly Ben reads into music loads he he loves to listen to lyrics he loves to figure out what songs are about he loves to make up his own story about them um and that's for me is perfect because that's what I want people to take out of my song I want someone to say oh this song I loved it so much it really made me think about home or it really made me think about a past love life or anything you know whereas to me it's actually about my grandpa you know it's like <laughs> it's it's a really weird thing concept but i love it i really really like hearing people's ideas and what they think the songs are about uh, so since the debut single burn in april 22 um you've released a further eight singles um have you got a favorite i think personally on my way is one of my favorites um it's just a really powerful song i think it's um it's got a great vibe to it and it, and just like the i love i love a really strong middle eight and a really strong outro and i think that song has both um and yeah i think i'd have to say i'm on my way um but maybe one in four as well live especially one in four is really great because um there's just so much emotion to that song. Obviously, that is one of the songs that I have, which I'd say, okay, this does have a meaning to it, and this is what I wrote it about, and, okay, you can take your own meaning out of it, but for me, this is a strong-feeling song. And when we play it live, I know that Ben and Four, they both take from that, so 
it just feels like when we get to that song, it's like, okay, the set has then uplifted a little bit more. So it's gone from good to better. And then from there on, it just stays up there, if you know what I mean. And so what was the strategy around releasing singles? It, it's just sort of the way music is going now. It's just not many people seem to release albums. Unless you're a huge star like Taylor Swift or a huge rock band and you can release a whole album at a time and then go back into a studio a year later and release another um, album. It's, you know, we, we're not rich. We don't have loads of money. So it costs a lot of money to go into a recording studio and record 12 songs, which that is the amount of songs we have, by the way, who have 12 songs. So we've got three left to release. Um, so it costs a lot of money. So our strategy was, right, we need to keep people interested for as long as possible. So we've got 12 songs. We're going to drip them out, basically, every three months or something, um, give or take, and try and keep people interested so because we could we could happily go out and release a whole album which would be great but then for another year or two we've got nothing left left to release um so it, it kind of it doesn't work for bands anymore unless you've got a lot of money because you can go into the studio every year but so we don't have that so we think right so we've got we're going to spend the next we've already done a year of releases um and we're going to then spend the best part of most of this year releasing three or four more songs with some other little things trickled in. Is this an exclusive or, um, or are you going to keep us guessing? It's a secret. No one's allowed to know. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's what we've been doing over the last couple of months is um, we're recording a couple of acoustic tracks, basically. Um, so we've got four acoustic tracks, which will be released at some point, and then we've got a cover, full band cover, um, which is something new for us. We've never done a cover as this band. Um, uh, it was very interesting to do, actually. It was quite, a, again, another learning curve. Um, but, yeah, it was it's good. I'm hope, hoping it will sound really good. So we're, we're doing that with... Um, Dan from Signature Vision, um, he's doing it part of his university course. So he's kindly asked us to come into Southampton Uni. We're getting to go into there for free, which is great. And he's given us all of his time, which is lovely. Um, and yeah, we're going in there. We've got four acoustic tracks and one cover, which will be released this year at some point. You've all been in bands uh, within the Salisbury music scene over the years. So Junk DNA, these days, you know, Louisi. Um, what makes the relationship between you all in this band connect so much? We just vibe off each other and there's no... I don't know, there's just nothing difficult about it. It's just easy. Um, and we're all just on the same wavelength. We're, you know, we're very family-driven. So we are just all about the love, all about each other and all about family. Um, we've all got kids, we've all got wives, um, girlfriends, wives, um, and we just respect each other's time, you know. Time is difficult at the best of time. When you've got family, when you've got kids, when you've got work, time is very difficult, and we respect that so much from each other. Um, and we just love playing gigs and just love getting into a room with each other and just hanging out. Um, and, yes, it's musically driven, but at the same time, it's just brothers going in to do something and hanging out and enjoying each other's time basically so what have you guys got coming up with regards to um to gigs 
Uh, so, so far we have, um, obviously, we've got the 8th of March, which is Andover Rock House. Um, so that should be a good one, kind of semi-local. So anyone listening, please come along to that. We'd love to see you. Um, and then we've got the 9th of March, the next day in Bournemouth at the Bear Cave um, with a band called Black Orchid Empire. Um, that would be really good. And again, semi-local, so we'd love to see as many people from Salisbury come along. Um, and then the next one after that is the 9th of May in Bristol at the Exchange. Um, so again, some really good gigs coming up and we're just you know looking to fill the calendar as and when it comes, basically. Well, Cam, thank you very much. Well, thank you, guys, and thank you for everything you're doing for the music scene. It's, you know, and for the, you know, the community. I think it's great, and I think Salisbury really needs something like this. And it's relaxed, it's lovely, your approach is brilliant. Um, So, you know, big up to you guys for doing it, and we need more of it. Thank you very much. Also asked him the same question you asked his wife earlier. I did. And this is what Cam had to say was Nicole's most romantic thing she's done for him. <laughs> Enjoy people, this is funny. <laughs> What's the most romantic thing Nicole has ever done? Um, okay, you know what? With Nicole, I think was uh, it was my 30th birthday. This might not be the most romantic thing, but I've got a terrible memory, so she'll forgive me at some point. Um, but my 30th birthday, it was locked down. Um, I couldn't do anything, couldn't see anyone. It was really sucky. Um, and she had, she hired this like um, indoor, it sounds really weird, but indoor tent thing. Um, so she had set it, I, I think she sent me off to go and see my dad or something, even though I wasn't allowed to. But um, And she set it up and I came back and it was all in the front room, TV, loads of really nice lights and stuff, um, all of my favourite food, all of my favourite drinks. And then the funny part was she had this little barbecue thing that we set up in our garden um, and she had these big candles and we just sat there on a blanket and she was like, started this barbecue. But we've got artificial grass, so she's put the barbecue on top of the grass without any like matting or anything. I said, <laughs> started the fire and I was like, you know, that's going to burn the grass, right? That's going to set fire to the whole lawn. It's plastic. <laughs> so quickly averted from the fire disaster. And uh, yeah, I had a nice romantic evening outside with the candles and the marshmallows on the thing. But yeah, it was lovely. It was really nice because I wasn't expecting to do anything. So that was that was lovely. That was a really nice trip. Yeah, so I appreciate her and I love her very much. Well, that was really good. And we're still in love. This is still the love theme, Alex, my husband. So I'm going to have to ask you the question that you've asked our guests. What is the most romantic thing your wife has ever done for you? It's not an easy question to answer. It's, it, it's not. Um, because there are little things which are romantic and then there are big, bold gestures of romance as well. So little things like um, I've worked from home since we we first had the, the first lockdown in, in March 2020. And there are times when that can be quite tough because you don't sort of get the interaction you want day in day out with with lots of people and I know sort of through the summers as well it it, it was quite hard and um the post lady turned up one day with a bunch of flowers that she was trying to deliver <laughs> next door um and I said oh don't worry I'll um 
you know, I'll take them and hand them over. You know, it's not a problem at all. And she says, oh, that's really kind of you. And then as she was handing them over, she said, oh, actually, no, 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 they're, they're for you. I was like, oh, what, for my wife? And she said, no, 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 for you. <laughs> they have your <laughs> name on them. And so Ellen had just bought me a bunch of flowers and had them delivered just because. Because it was know? a Tuesday. Because it was a Tuesdays. Tuesday, yeah. And it just made my day, you know? And it's a, you know, I know I know that a lot of people say, oh, it's a, you know, it's a, a revolt, uh, role reversal as such, but I don't think it matters, you know? Anything like that is, everyone should just be able to do that for everyone, and it's it's just wonderful. Um, so that's like a little thing that just makes your day, makes you smile, makes you just feel like the love and the connection. It's, it's, it's perfect. And then there are big things, you know, um, Ellen took me to Greece for my 50th birthday, to Athens. We spent my, my birthday morning walking up to the, up to the, the Parthenon, Parthenon and seeing the Acropolis and stuff like that, which was just mind-blowing, absolutely mind-blowing. Um, but then she's also sat next to my bed when I've been in hospital, not knowing that she's there. Um, because she cares and she wasn't going to go to work. She was going to sit there and, and be with me until I was better. And that is what love is about. It's about in sickness and in health. And it's about having each other's backs. It's about being there for each other and supporting each other through thick or thin or just through you know hey I'd like to do a podcast about the Salisbury music scene <laughs> you're an idiot but do it anyway I'll support you <clears throat> why don't you do it with me just that sort of thing is romantic it's it's love it's honesty and it it, it should be cherished that's beautiful that's very deep so what's the most romantic thing I've done for you? <laughs> You're questioning like you don't want to know the answer. <laughs> I'm questioning like, oh, gosh. Like, what okay. do I do? Uh, well, mine aren't, sadly, aren't as deep as yours. I know you've done a million beautiful things for me, but I think when I look back over the last decade, one of the most romantic things you do for me is actually almost daily. It's every work day. You make me a cup of tea and bring it to me in bed because, you know, I'm not a morning person and I do not want to get up. So you get up every morning and make me a cup of tea. I can't ask for any more than that from you. But there is one other thing that does stick out in my mind. And that was, um, I mean, you put up with a lot from me. I can be a bit spontaneous, shall we say. And, you know, we can be out in a club or a pub, listen to a band in Salisbury. And I don't want to leave, but I don't want to also uh, pay for a taxi home. So we end up walking home from Salisbury to Amesbury at stupid o'clock in the morning. And it's raining. And me being a girl, put stupid shoes on. And you gave me your socks so that I could walk home more comfortably. <laughs> I mean, come on, girls. If, if you haven't got a fella that's going to walk you home eight miles and give up his socks for you, then you need to keep looking. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Thanks. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs>
God, Sarah. I love it, I love it, I love it. And I love you. And I love you. And so... And we're going to end this podcast on a song. We are. This was chosen specifically by Cam as probably his favourite song that Love Is Enough do. And it's called I'm On My Way. I was just a stranger when I met you A hollow, empty shell I stood alone in this room The echo of your voice I hear it fade away I look up to the stars And hear the words that you'd say so now I look for you Listen as the wind blows Listen as it echoes I know I'm on my way I'm on my way I'm on my way I'm on my way to I was just a stranger when I I'm on my way, I'm on my way, I'm on